0: Hi, my name is James Ramos. I am a licensed general contractor at Ramos Design Build. While my core business and expertise is construction and development, I own several businesses in two other arenas, real estate, including sales, finance, and insurance, and construction product companies like cabinetry, flooring, an interior design firm that creates jaw-dropping impressions when someone walks through the door. These three areas allow me to be a better builder and solely focused on luxury homes valued at over $1 million. We service every facet along the residential home journey. Buy, sell, design, build, finance, furnish, and maintain. I have won 10 National Aurora Awards for standout kitchen and bath design and build projects. And the Ramos family name is synonymous with thousands of successful residential and commercial construction projects in the Southeast United States since 1956. Let Ramos Design Build help you with the home of your dreams today. Call 813-259-1111 or go to
1: RamosDesignBuild.com. Let me help you make your dream a reality. The real estate market is open. Ramos Design Build is Tampa Bay's premier construction company. This is a program where the real estate experts are live. Whether buying, selling, building, or designing, Ramos
2: has the answers. Now, here's the area's best resource for all things real estate, James Ramos. Welcome to another edition of Move With Me Radio with James Ramos. I'm Steve Kyler, hanging out with my guy, James Ramos. James, how are you? Good. So, James, uh, big show today. We've got a lot of stuff we're going to get into, but um, you know, as we like to do, want to start a little bit about you. You know, it's been a kind of a crazy couple of weeks here in the Tampa Bay area. Certainly, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody that was affected by Hurricane Irma. But in your business, I'm sure the phones ringing quite a bit with people saying, "Hey, I had damage. Help me out." Um, how busy has it been over at uh, Ramos Design Build?
0: It's very busy. I mean, from a standpoint of um, the Tampa Bay area and the area that I focus in, it's been, um, you know, not many people have had issues from a standpoint of calling me as a, you know, I'm not necessarily a first level responder, if you will, as it relates to, um, you know, getting a tree off of a home,
2: you know, and things of that nature. But I'm but, sure there are a lot of people in your life that said, hey, who do I call? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, just most recently, a good friend and mentor of mine, Wynn Gurney down in, um, he has a home down in like Little Torch Keys, So it's like mile marker. 20 in the twenties, 24, 25, um, his home had some severe damage. So he, um, called me, we talked for a good hour and a half yesterday and he was just asking me for advice, but you know, he had, for example, the insurance company had told him 10 days ago, Hey, just take a bunch of pictures. Don't do anything. He calls back and they're like, okay, well, as long as you took a lot of pictures, go ahead and start, you know, removing all the drywall and everything. So he was kind of frustrated because 10 days go by and he's got mold and mildew all in the house and the seat in the, in the walls and things so he was just asking for some advice. Um, one of the things I told him was you know is to find out from the building um, you know department which typically is either the county or the city municipality find out about the process for permitting you know because they you know these authorities are not set up to have more than a few inspectors going out and checking you know at different phases of the of you know of the inspection process so a lot of these counties and city municipalities tampa being one um offers other third party engineering services that allow um a little bandwidth you know greater bandwidth for for their officials to to go to that can actually deliver and do these inspections it's a privately held company um and it's a great service that Ramos Design Build has been using uh, over the past uh, two years, but that's a big thing. So, you know, one of the things that that you know, Win is facing down in Little Torch Key is, is that once he does, if he's lucky, find a a good competent contractor that he can trust to demo and to remove all the the bad stuff in his home, all the sheetrock, and get down to the wires and studs. Um, he needs to, you know, follow follow the path of of that county and what the process is of of getting to the next stages but typically you know if you remove all the sheetrock and let's say you do some minor moving of plumbing or things like that you know while you're in the middle of you know fixing you know resolving the issue you may want to hey let's do this upgrade that we've been wanting to do you know you're supposed to go to the city or county and actually ask for that permit and you know get that resolved so I really don't know he's he's going to call me back in the next couple of days of where that's at but that was a that's a i see that as a big stop you know as a as a a big hurdle you know for a lot of these um homes in that area in naples and in the keys that people are you know that really got hit by irma and in miami and some parts of jacksonville even um that people are going to face um is making sure that they you know don't finish it up and then when they go to sell it at some point they've done a lot of major improvement to their home without um, it being on record,
2: um, James is one of the elite builders in the Tampa Bay area. You know, we're seeing a lot of influx of contractors and people trying to kind of capitalize on on the need that is going to surface with all the damage that's here. What's some advice you'd give somebody that is maybe considering hiring somebody to you know maybe it's a small thing or a big thing? What's some advice you'd give them in in choosing a contractor?
0: Well, I always like to say hire slower and fire faster. But, um, but, you know, joking aside, hiring slower, all I mean there is is that make sure you have a contractor or a subcontractor that are licensed and insured. Don't overlook those basic things. And the third part is is get references from them. Don't be overwhelmed that there's so many other, you know, jobs that these guys can actually cherry pick and go to just say look you gotta follow my little process it's not much I need to see your license I need to see your insurance in case you were to fall off a bucket truck or fall off the ladder you know I want to make sure that you have insurance Um, whether it's workman's comp or whether its general liability it's a basic thing everybody should have it don't get hassled if somebody says oh I'm gonna have to go out of my way to give it to you you know they should have a license they should have insurance and then absolutely ask for references.
2: What are the things somebody should be afraid of in terms of what you're hearing?
0: Well, you know, deposits, you know, work that's not done and large deposits. So just a ass- similar, I mean, we give deposits out all the time, you know, but it's for um, work that's being done outside of that construction site. So for example, a cabinet dealer is, you know, a cabinet company would be an important piece. So if you're going to go fabricate um, material and assemble it off-site, of course they need a deposit. It's typically very custom. You know, they're, they're, they're not expected to be the bank for you, so they're not expected to, you know, go on a limb and build this custom item that only it can fit in your home without a deposit. But when it comes to um, a level of, like, you know, tree cutting and services of of the nature where there's not real, you know, manufacturing that are done offsite um, or major investment or major mobilization, if you will, um, to get this service done, you don't need to give a deposit. That's, that's outside, you know, an outlier that doesn't make sense
2: for you and your experience and having been through a a bunch of these things here in the Tampa Bay area. um, What's the horror story? What's the thing you got to know as a homeowner is the horror story.
0: Um, the horror story is assessing what the true problem is. I mean, one of the biggest things with a hurricane is, is you have wind going horizontal. So typically when you, when you get wind going horizontal, it'll crawl up a home. So I don't know the exact mile per hour, but in the case of my friend down in key, in the Keys, the winds were like 170 plus miles an hour. All of his soffits, so you know the overhang of your home on the underside, sometimes they're aluminum, plastic, there could be wood. Um, Sometimes they're open, sometimes they're closed, sometimes they have vents, sometimes they don't. So it all depends on, um, you know, what type of soffit, but everybody typically has a soffit. So all his soffits got ripped up. So if you ever looked in a newly constructed home before they put the soffits, it's just, you know, it's it's your roof truss going across your block or your frame structure. And that water hitting the side, it crawls up and goes down, you know, the inside of your home. So... You know, it may not be flood on the second floor, but it's water damage that's by way of wind. Um, but but the big aha is is sort of where do you stop and where do you start? If you see water leakage, I mean, you have to have a contractor that goes and starts cutting sheetrock out. I mean, sheetrock is is a phosphate. You know, it's a it's you know I just call it chalk. But if you ever seen a, a board of sheetrock, it's it's a wick. I mean, so if you threw a bucket of water on your on your wall or if you stuck a piece of sheetrock in a bucket of water i mean it's going to soak up you know and the outside of your sheetrock is paper so you do not want the back side of your sheetrock wet it will create mold and it'll turn into a bad mold there's a lot of molds that sometimes they're okay mold it's under your house and there's a lot of air you know it's built up it's not a big deal but there's certain levels of mold that are that are that um, can be very dangerous you know whether you know your dogs get sick or your kids or you know if you have allergies and things like that. So that's the biggest watch out is is don't be ginger cutting out drywall. Cut it out and get it all out until you can see that you stopped in the area that it's it's basically you feel like you got enough out. But when you're up, you know, when your insurance adjuster comes in, the other piece is is that you know if there's a certain level of damage and it only covers a foot or two you have to put reality in place so nobody's going to come in and replace you know a foot and a half of baseboard that's wet they're probably you know you got to have the money to be able to replace the whole baseboard you know so things like that you know that are just common sense to me you know but but, but to your point is is they may not be common sense to the to the average person
2: they're not common sense to me yeah, that's why yeah. i have you yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, we're going to take our our first quick break. He is James Ramos. Ramos Design Build. This is Move With Me Radio. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about automation. You know, automation in home systems. It's becoming a big thing in the real estate world. Uh, certainly in the in the build world. And we're going to talk with James a little bit about that. So stick with us. Welcome back to Move With Me Radio with James Ramos of Ramos Design Build. I'm Steve Kyler. Um, James, you know, we kind of teased this coming in that uh, we're going to talk a little bit about home automation. I'm a tech guy at my core, so anything that has flashy lights, buttons, I love flashy lights and buttons. But you're in a world where people are spending, you know, high-end on their homes and and certainly finish on the inside is something you guys really specialize in and i think are world-class and helping people finish out the inside of these amazing homes but when you get into the low voltage part the automation part how much is that one factoring into budget in building and what are some of the things you're seeing your your customers looking for
0: yeah i tell you it's a big factor and it's one of those categories we have over 30 categories that we go through and we plan in pre-construction in the design phase that we try to get as much visibility as we can. But I call this low-volt arena automation as a very intimate um, category. And what I mean by that is is that you need to have all partners involved, husband and wife. You know, Typically, the husband is the one who wants the automation That's me. And, and all the things, the bells and whistles, so he can... Um, watch the game when he wants and and walk around to his outdoor you know you know kitchen and, and see the same thing. but um, you know it's real important that um, that the the typical consumers out there recognize that you may be smarter in certain areas you know when you're talking with your builder or your designer or your architect than them you know so you, that was, you totally have, the case with me yeah, yeah you, I mean you probably did you know, hours and hours worth of of research to understand what exactly that you need. So you were sort of armed and dangerous. Very well. Yeah. You really didn't know how how it incorporated in the build process. But um just be conscious that, you know, and, and if you're a if you're in the trade like I am, you know, we recognize that. I mean, we recognize that, you know, these these clients are coming to us and they know exactly, you know, what they want. So So we want to make sure that we don't come across as like, oh, well, this isn't going to work and you you, you don't know what you're talking about. But it's more about we understand what you're trying to accomplish and these are the hurdles that you're going to have to face and these are the things that we have to incorporate into it. Because it's not just one guy, you know, that's us, you know, the subcontractor doing the low volt that's going to provide the solution. It touches everyone for the most part you know, even landscapers. I mean, because there's low-volt lighting all the way to, um, you know, alarm systems and the impact to um, the trim carpenter. You know, we're putting, you know, if if we're doing a built-in and you need, you know, heavy, you know, this equipment is very hot. And if we don't have a space for, you know, this equipment to get aired and cooled, it'll overheat. And then before you know it, you have a couple million-dollar house with with a $150,000 system and their amp is always turning off because it's in the wrong room and we didn't understand, you know, the heat that it put off. So so there's a lot of things that are down the line, but it is definitely a very intimate and and passionate, you know, because everybody knows what they want and they want to get it, you know, and they want to see, you know, well why is this so expensive when I can go to Best Buy or Sam's just ran this promotion and I can get this whole, you know, home video system you know for a lot cheaper than what you're saying. So so there's a lot of learning in there and there's a lot of communication that are involved but but um you know it's definitely an interesting subject.
2: Uh at your office uh, Ramos Design Build you guys are are very automated there the new Dakota showroom you guys are very automated there. How automated is the Ramos household?
0: Uh we have an alarm system, we have cameras. Uh my wife is the only one that knows how to use them. <laughs> so I, I I think I watched them one time in the first week. And I was like, God, this is silly. I don't know who I'm watching, but it's you know outside the home and things like that. But what's good about them is is that that you know if if there's an issue, you know you can always go back to it. It's not something that you know you look at these movies. You're like you know you, the security guard has like 12 TVs out and somebody's actually going to monitor it all the time. But it's one of those things that are that's a popular thing. We can open and close our garage door from our phone. You know, kind of big deal. Um, we can open and close our front door. You know, so we can, um, you know, a cool innovation is this ring. It's called ring. You can get it on, you know, at, at Best Buy, but um, it's, a, it's a doorbell and it has a little video camera. So when the doorbell rings, as long as you have, you know, broadband, everybody has broadband in their home and Wi-Fi, you know, it'll send you a text. Somebody rings your doorbell. Interesting. Um, and then if I wake up in the middle of the night, the alarm system, and I open up a back door, it, my wife wakes up and says, Hey. You know, somebody was unusual. You know, activity going on in the back door. You know, it's like, man, I feel like I'm in a in a penitentiary <laughs> here. Everybody knows my kids are on the same text. Everybody you knows know how what we're doing. You have to apologize to everybody for taking the yeah. dog out. <laughs> but I think one of the good things is, is we have you know kids that are one is in high school and uh, 15 years old, and one's one's 12. Abby and Aiden and I think they know that we, we have kind of lockdown when we go to bed. It's, it's <laughs> lockdown. down. No, there's no walking around or opening up windows and nobody's house. sneaking into yeah, the Ramos yeah, house. Yeah.
2: Um, What is the one toy you are starting to see in, in some of your discussions that you're thinking about putting in the Ramos house? Um, well, or do you um, have a hard, steadfast rule? No more toys. Oh,
0: in our, <laughs> our specific home. Yeah. I just like big TVs. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? Right. And um, we're going to, You know, Sonos is is a product that I love. I mean, it's so easy. Um, You just, you can walk in room to room and just play the same music or, or things like that. So when I meet with clients, you know, I really try to sit down and I try to get a good gauge of what they're really asking for. Because a lot of the low volt contractors, they're very complicated. You know, they'll tell you how the clock is built and things. And at the end of the day, most people, they just want to be able to play Spotify on their phone and listen to it in their home. You know, in certain areas, they want to be able to turn the TV on They want to be able to listen, you know, to a better speaker than than what comes with your, you know, these flat screen speakers aren't that good and some basic security things. I mean, nothing more. The next step is is automation as it relates to lighting, um, which is a which is a really cool thing. So a lot of times, you know, these homes are pretty complicated that we're building. So if you think about a gang box is where, where you would have your switches, you know, so let's just say if a bathroom had a light over the shower and they also had a bathtub. So that's two lights. And then there's lights over the, the woman's vanity. There's a light over a men's vanity. That's two more. So we're at four. You have a fan, you know, for exhaust, that's five. And maybe you have a light for the main bathroom. That's six. So an actual gang box, which we call it where all your switches are, you have six switches that you're figuring out, which is what, I mean, you literally need to, you know, tag them and it takes you months before you know that the first one turns on the light and and we try to wire it correctly. But what low volt lighting does like Lutron has a great system. There's a number of good systems is, is that it's called, you know, I call it wall acne. So it'll take that big gang box that looks really ugly. You know, that's literally eight inches to 10 inches and it makes it into one small little, you know, keypad and you can program, um, you know, it comes either two buttons or four buttons or six, eight, um, depending on what you want. And you can program each of those buttons. So typically, you know, if you walk in your bathroom, you're not going to have an instance where I just want to turn the light on in the shower and no other light, you know, like, no, you don't just turn on the light in the shower, but you have an option to. But the point is, is when you walk in the bathroom, you want the all right the lights on. Yeah. yeah. And then especially when you leave, you want them all off. Right. So you want a button that, com- Kill you know, everybody. that kills everything off. And the best thing is, is with these systems, you can put lights and program each of these buttons to whichever switch. So it doesn't have to be in the room. So if you are walking out to your garage and like my children, they have every single light on, you can actually press one button and it turns off every light in the house. And maybe it, it you know, it, it turns on um, maybe one or two lights so you can see if you were to walk in.
2: Is but- there one that will turn off all the lights that the wife leaves on?
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, and we've done homes where it'll turn off the fireplace too. I mean, if you, it'll turn off everything gas related, everything that's potentially dangerous and it's a programming feature, but it's cool stuff. This guy, Rob Hessel, that's coming on. He's a wonderful guy. He's got a great story, um, to what he's done. He basically was in, um, he owns a, he's a president and CEO of security one. So he, when he started in 2011, he had an enormous, um, arena to play in. So residential commercial, huge. We have a lot of agents that play a little bit of both. It's very hard to make a mark in that broad of a field. But he has a really nice story and where he started in the residential side and then he ended up in the in the middle right around twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. He was doing fifty-fifty. Um, and then he decided to go full force in a commercial. So he's going to be interesting guy to talk to because it's not just about home automation, but it's more about, you know, an entrepreneur actually having a vision, very, very much a great sales guy wanting to never say no, to saying no to a certain area of business that wasn't really a, a a place that he saw the future and he really focused in 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 an area like commercial for example and he's doing
2: unbelievable this is move with me radio with james ramos of ramos design build we're going to hit a real quick break we'll be right back with you
0: hi we're back this is james ramos with move with me radio i'm here with rob hessel With Source One Solutions, he is the CEO and president and
1: we're happy to have you, Rob. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks for having me on the show.
0: You know, we were talking a little bit about, before you came on, about the business in general. So any independent contractor has a very tough battle when they look at where to focus. And I know that, you know, you're in the security business and the fact that you were able to take a broad industry where you were playing years ago and really focus in on the commercial side has been an example of entrepreneurialship in your strategic vision. I'd like to talk and start a little bit about that. At. you know where you started and then
1: where you're at today you're right it is a very broad industry and there's a tremendous amount of competition in that industry so 2014 we were named Honeywell's commercial security dealer of the year for North America awesome and for whatever reason we made a shift after having such a great year and we started to really try to get into the residential market and it changed who we were as a company and we really were poor at it to be honest with you so, so basically you win an award for being the best not in the city in the country
0: yeah Honeywell that's right and then right after that you say you know what Let's try something different. Let's try something
2: different. (laughs) Because that's a great idea. (laughs)
1: That's pretty bold. Um, You know, I don't think we consciously did it. The reason that we made that change and why residential companies are so successful is it's recurring revenue. They sell that $39.99 or $59 a month recurring revenue, where in the commercial world, it's a little bit harder to get that because you're selling camera systems, access control systems, large IT-based systems. So there's not as much recurring revenue tied to it. So the thought process is great. In fact, Honeywell, you know, kind of led us to that. But as an organization, we weren't geared up to be that type of a company. So we stopped spending as much time with our big commercial clients because we were focused on this residential market. And it was just a disaster. At one point, I even thought about selling off the company, just that business unit. Right. And then we took a step back and said, hang on a second. We were really good at this. What changed? And it was pretty obvious what had changed. So we drew back our focus and we realized, hey, we're an IT company. This is what got us where we're at. Right. And we made that pivot back to being what made us great. And now we only talk to businesses that have at least 25 employees or multiple locations. And since making that change, and it's has been fantastic. All commercial business.
0: So the year was when you made the change? It was going into 2016. 2016, okay. Um, So what percentage of your business was residential versus commercial at that time?
1: I would say it was probably 50% residential, 50% commercial, because okay. we weren't at it that long. And now- So you did have a taste yep.
0: before you just made a big transition. Yeah, that
1: was our that was our focus. And then we made that transition into residential. And now I would say 5% of our business is residential, because we didn't tell people that we're residential yeah. customers, they had to go away. Um, and we do do some high-end residential work for right. our large commercial okay. clients. But other than that, if you call our company, we've got a great partner in town that we refer that business to. So if you're a residential or a homeowner and you call us, we refer you to some that's fantastic at residential business because they're better suited to take care of you than we are
0: brag a little bit about who your clients if, if you can
1: Sure. I don't mind uh, sharing it at all. So in, in town, our most recognized clients are the Florida Aquarium, the Dolly Museum is one of our big clients. And of course, if you go to our website, you'll see quite a bit of stuff about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, we've been securing Amelie Arena since uh, the Republican National Convention. Pretty amazing.
2: Rob, as you've seen a shift in the IT community, have you noticed that customers know what they're looking for? Or are you still doing a lot of education for your customers?
1: We're doing a lot of education for our customers, and we're not a traditional security company. Traditional security companies struggle with these advanced applications because they don't have that IT background. So the fact that we're truly an IT company, we have high level systems engineers and network engineers, that's really making a difference too. When we go in and sit down and consult with a customer, we're talking about things that commercial security companies that we compete against don't even understand or or have any idea that it really affects the outcome of a successful install.
2: What are some of the innovations that you're seeing? You know, we're seeing all over the place, you know, artificial intelligence is coming into things. There's a lot of cool buzzwords. Everybody owns an Amazon Echo now. What are the things that you're seeing are, are kind of the growth areas and what are the cool new toys you've got?
1: In the commercial world, there's not a lot of toys. There is the ability to have everything at your disposal and all the commercial systems. We can pull up video on a smartphone. Um, you can get notifications on a smartphone for, for your business. And that's really what's the big play in the home area, even though we don't right. focus on that anymore. Right. The smart home is mm-hmm. absolutely the the buzz of everything—you've got Amazon Echo, you've got smart fridges that do the ordering for you, or have an app to be able to look in your fridge, yeah, and see well, if, the, you know see what's there. And the what's smart done. fridge actually has analytics built into it, and it knows that I'm low on milk or I'm low on X. It orders it for you from Amazon and is delivered to your house the next day. What's amazing is is that you know when you look at the the design
0: and build industry, a lot of the the processes and the best practices come from the commercial side, and one clear example is is when you submit a plan for a commercial project it's much more rigor it has much more much more detail there's you know mechanical drawings for example that are done by a mechanical engineer whereas you submit a plan for a home you don't need that so in that case are you seeing that there's more you know innovation and things that are driving from the commercial and then they roll down to residential or is it the
1: residential rolling up to commercial i don't think there's as much of a crossover with the exception of some of the high powered systems that you have in the commercial market is starting to make it into the home. You know, five years ago, very rarely would you see a home with cameras on it. Now, that can, in a lot of cases, be the single source of a security system. People really don't care if they have the alarm on it because they're worried about first responders not responding to an alarm because of all the false alarms. But if they've got cameras up there and they get a notification alert that there's movement in their house, They can call the police themselves and say, I have video, there's somebody breaking into my house. So I think we're seeing some of that technology pushed down into the residential market and it's becoming more and more affordable. I think probably the crossover that people should be comparing to is in the residential market, it shouldn't be about the cheapest cost. You need to have licensed contractors in your home doing your work. And I see a lot of people try to shake shortcuts that end up biting them in the long run. It's very interesting,
0: this subject of automation and security. And I call it low volt, you know, anything that has to do with low volt. But it's so much more. It's one of those categories that's so intimate, you know, and I do, you know what I do, I do mostly residential high-end custom homes. And it's it's one of those categories, you know, when, when I say from the categories, there's over 30 categories that we look at from the start, the footing, foundation wall, slab, all the way through to landscape. And one of those pieces in there that's very intimate is cabinetry, for example. So it's a lot of back and forth with a client and directly with the designer. So as a general contractor, you kind of take a seat back, let them go through the colors and the selections and the nine million things that they have to talk about As quickly as they can. And then, you know, we look for the outcome. Okay, what is it you want us to do? And we can get it done and make sure that it's done right in the schedule. But automation, all of that is so intimate. So you could be working with two partners. Let's say, you know, we could be working with the wife and she's 80% of the person that you've been talking with. Yet when it comes to automation, that husband has to be there. You know? <laughs> and it just and it's one of those things where you're you're explaining and if the right audience isn't there. So I've made it mandatory that both husband and wife are always there, even though the husband may be the driver. And it's just it's gotten so complicated to the point where I I've actually lost jobs by connecting the wrong automation guy to the husband and wife because of the confusion that it has caused and they're just like you know what james we're just going to push this renovation off it is just too confusing do you see that i mean is that what you saw in residential side i mean was it just too intimate too much back and forth
1: yeah i, I see that in the residential side for for sure and part of the problem is in in you just kind of summed it up without realizing that you were doing it, you call it low-volt, which is low-voltage, right? That's what that right. stands for. So, for some reason, everybody that does low-voltage thinks they're everything all of a sudden in a residential market. Oh, yeah, I do cameras. The guy's probably never done cameras before in his life, but because he's got a low-voltage license, how hard is it to connect the camera up, yeah, run sure. this it's, cable? You uh, could buy it at cake. Best Buy. Do it yeah, yourself. <laughs> no problem. Piece of cake. And that was the thing that made me you crazy the about the residential degree. market <laughs> was... Yeah. You know, people are, are giving stuff away or they're not qualified for for doing it. And then once they do one bad installation, then that technology or or those technologies are no good. And that's the word that gets spread out. Well, and really it was the fact that you had somebody that really didn't know what they were doing. Most of my clients, they just
0: want like, look, wire the home like it's a seven forty seven and I will decide on the technology and the components to do what I needed to do when I'm ready. It's all about You know, am I wiring for the future? And if I want a camera tomorrow or if
1: I want some extra level of, you know, video in my fridge, I have the abilities to do that. Well, I've seen some of the properties that you work on and your office. So I've got to imagine another crossover that's a similarity that's coming down from the commercial market because these homes are getting so advanced is. You're probably building AV rooms for these people right. and technology rooms for these people. Which it's if you separate, go into a business, yeah. there's a there's a dedicated room on, on every floor for this stuff, and in um, a home before you never had to think about that. But I'm sure that almost yeah, I mean, has one has of the, the, the craziest thing is is you have to air condition them with a separate unit yep.
2: because
0: if you're in the summer or if you're in the winter rather, and you you turn on your heater, you got heat going into your AV room. Problem, you know yeah. this little. Those little guys put off some heat so we we've been putting separate units as if it's its own little wine cellar yeah you know it's the same real tech you know components shell if you will with the insulation and and those rooms need to be cold and things like that so the wh- wh- where I've seen a shortfall in this business is is that people great people like you that have wonderful businesses have moved up to you know much more of a professional type environment where you know commercial where they have plans they kind of know what they need it's not that intimate it's just like you know rob deliver the goods and i'm good you know it's not a million changes as you go and we're there's so many entrants you know so i don't really know how to like if you're a consumer out there one of the listeners like how would you guide them in in picking the right stuff because you go to best buy and and the guy selling you all this components at best buy he seems pretty smart you know, and you're like, I think I can do this myself. And
2: they'll you know, tell you he's not on yeah. commission.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, so how would you guide someone? Yeah, well, going to Best Buy or going to Costco, that's another one. Well, I can get this system at Costco for 200 bucks. Well, where was it made? What's the security protocols that are built into that? And who's going to put it in for you? I mean, it's if you go Google. It's not hard to find the articles. I mean, where hackers have hacked into nanny cams and audio cams, and they're talking to the children inside of this room while they're watching them. And that's freaky, freaky stuff. And so my, my biggest advice, and it's just littered all over the TV, you can get this free security system and put it in yourself. Well, who's monitoring that? Who? Where was the equipment made at? Was it made in this country? Was it made somewhere else? Um, and what are the security protocols? So my, my advice always, especially in a residential market, is don't skip out, get a licensed contractor, Get somebody that's good at doing what they're doing and don't try to take a shortcut on it because it's gonna cost you in the mm-hmm. long run. So what's what's one of the more complicated, sophisticated systems you've put in? Um, we've put in some complicated smart home stuff. We did a, a property for a guy. Um, the system was all in all about, I won't tell you who it is because of this, but it was about $90,000. It was like doing a commercial installation because um, he wanted everything he wanted cameras he wanted access control for his gates so that people couldn't even get on his property right. um, tied in with an alarm system with a bunker that he had built so um, that was a pretty complicated one that everything ties together and is integrated into one
2: james and i talk about this a lot it, the virtue of new construction versus existing construction if you're somebody who has an existing building how hard is it to modernize into some of the tools that you do
1: there's two things you've got commercial and residential in a residential world that's a, a real concern because people don't want to rip up their house and have to pull cabling there are so many wireless based systems out there today and they are reliable just because they're wireless doesn't mean that they're not going to work and be just as good as a hardwired system inside of your business so um, if you're doing a retrofit i would absolutely look at wireless
0: well we're going to be back after these messages we're here with rob hessel he's the president and ceo of source one solutions this is james ramos with move with me radio we'll be back in a few We're back. This is James Ramos with Move With Me Radio. I'm here with Steve Kyler, my co-host, and Rob Helsel. Rob is the president and CEO of Source One Solutions. So we were talking about some of the projects that you've done and the divisions of your business. Let's go in a little bit more detail. So tell me about a cool project. When I say cool, you know, like high level of sophistication. Yeah, you know, the library a lot of, isn't going to cut it with us. Of, yeah, yeah, no libraries. Um, you know, a lot of coordination and just really complicated sophistication from a you know compliance standpoint
1: multiple people and things like that and in high security well we've mentioned a couple of them at the start of the show when you take a look at Amelie Arena or the aquarium or the dolly any of those people that we've we've had the privilege we've of all been with, to Amelie Arena we've all been to Amelie Arena that. so let's talk about that because that is actually one of the busiest arenas in the country mm-hmm. if not the busiest wow. arena in the country and I didn't do, know that oh yeah That's and they do awesome. they do such a good job with an event that other organizations come to town to train with the arena because they just they just deliver such a high quality event here. So they've done a great job, and you know our our biggest work started with them just before the Republican National Convention. They obviously had to do a ton of security upgrades. Um, we had the privilege of getting to work with the Secret Service okay. um, to show them how to use those systems. Um, but when you think about what goes into the planning that those folks and the responsibility that they have, you know, months even year before in a venue. If it's going to be a concert, the FBI and the local first responders in the arena are all doing a risk assessment of what types of fans do these people draw in, what's our response level going to be, how much preparation do we need to do, and they train for that stuff for, I don't know how many events they have, but it is a ton. Um, So when when we get to do our part and putting in security cameras and doing access control and intrusion, it's really a great responsibility and a privilege that you know, at a game, we're doing our little part to help them deliver a safe event for not just them, but for the fans and the players and everybody that comes into that venue. We get to do our little bit to help provide a safe environment.
0: So the guy that's monitoring these TVs, I mean, is it an employee of the Emily Arena or is it one of your guys or is it like a third party guy that may come in from the
1: Secret Service. That, well, or, the Secret Service, when it's an RNC, they take over the building. Believe me. Okay, so so, so they're the ones learning this, or they, they, they have they'll to pick the up the system. I'm yep. sure they know systems, yep. Yep. but they'll pick up the system, and they're the ones that are managing the Cor- whole thing. Correct. We okay. had to train them, but at at an event like that, it's uh, the arena has their own trained security staff, and so while you're watching the game, there's people you know watching over you to protect you and make sure that everything's going okay in that building. It's yeah. really a cool cool thing. So I have to be sure to not throw popcorn or <laughs> scream. I don't think they're looking think they're looking for that so much so I think you're all right
2: Rob give us a sense of the scale that goes into that I mean we talk about cameras but there's more than that there's bio entry stuff there's key card stuff there's places all over that building that you've got to have certain privileges to get into what kind of gear is in there
1: Sure. Well, I don't want to go into too much of what kind of gears in there and invade their privacy, but in general, if you think about something like Amelie Arena, that's almost a million square feet. That's a huge venue. So in in arenas or in places like the aquarium, there are places where you might be allowed to enter, but James is not allowed to enter that area. So we set up privilege levels to keep people in the areas of the building they're supposed to be into. Um, and in an advanced application, the video system and the access control where you scan your card to open a door, those things are tied together. So when I scan that door, it's showing the video And on the access control, it's showing my security badge credential to make sure that the guy that's coming through the door and the guy that has the card are the same people. So I don't have, I have not borrowed your card so that I can get into the warehouse um, when I'm not supposed to be in the warehouse. So they do, there are places that have that type of verification process because they're a little bit more of a high security area.
2: And we're starting to see a lot more fingerprint, facial recognition. Are you guys getting involved in that?
1: Absolutely. 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 In fact, we're doing one for a client right now. Um, everything that they want done is all biometric scanning. So they don't want cards. They want... Biometric scan and, and Honeywell actually makes your thumb
0: or is it your eyeball? Like you, uh, would you can see do thumb, you can do also do eyeball.
2: Yeah, there actually okay, that's, is. That's but um, the new iPhone's going to scan your face. You guys mapping into that now too?
1: Yeah, it's going to map your, it's going to scan your face. So yeah, I mean, this customer is actually they want biometric readers put in, um, and Honeywell actually is uh, we're an authorized Honeywell partner. Their product doesn't require two separate databases, so it's great for the customer. So they don't have to manage multiple databases if they have to let somebody go or somebody leaves the organization. They only have one spot that they have to delete that entry holder to make sure they don't regain access into the building, etc.
0: Well, I tell you, going back to the original topic that we were talking about, it's very interesting to me. So basically you're dealing in an arena that's fast, large. Um, you had started the business in what year, year was it? 2011. Okay. 2011. Good time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was tough time. Was booming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tough one of My time. smarter moves. Yeah, it?
0: yeah. Very entrepreneurial of you, and risky. So you're obviously a risk taker. You have this broad, you know, industry, and a lot of our listeners have are in the same situation. So whether it's a realtor and they're dabbling in commercial and doing residential, or they are
1: trying to farm multiple places that they can't truly afford. What is your big advice? My biggest advice is to have complete clarity on who your perfect customer is. We had to step back as an organization and who was it that we wanted to talk to and who was going to be our perfect size client or type client. What does he look like? Make sure that we could deliver that message to all of our employees so that they understand who it was and then start making sure that we were pitching that out for what we're looking for. So when we talk to people, we're very specific about what we're looking for for a client. And
0: it's okay to tell people what you don't do
1: or who you don't take. Absolutely, okay. and, and there's a lot of customers that we say no to, and, and that was a big part of the turnaround in our business too, was we stopped saying yes to try to please everybody, and we knew what our focus point was, and if we can't help you, maybe we know somebody that can, friend in the industry, but it's okay to tell somebody, you're not gonna be a good fit for us, or we're not a good fit for you, so let's right. just part ways right here. How many
0: people are in your organization? Um, right now we have 57 full-time people. So getting that message from the top from you and understanding where the direction is how hard was it to cascade that down to somebody that's actually now you're telling them to turn away business that had to be a culture
1: shift like there's no tomorrow well my i i'm a salesman that's my background right so it was hard for me to even get my mind around it because you're so afraid to tell somebody no or that this is the only type of client we deal with because you're afraid. Like, we, we tell people we do business with people with businesses that have 25 or more employees or multiple locations. That doesn't mean if they have 20 employees, we still couldn't help them. Right. But you're it's not just going, not part of your genetics. It's just not right? part of our I mean, genetics. It's just, it's just like it's very hard to say no. It's very hard to say no. Yeah. But once you start doing it, you find out that number one, the customer that you were going to try to squeeze in or you're going to try to get outside of your comfort level you're not going to make any money helping that person. You're probably going to lose money helping that person. They're not going to be happy at the end of the day. So they tell everybody that they know that you didn't do a good job for them, even right. though you told them at the beginning, hey, right. they, we don't specialize in this. We'll try to help you anyway. Those are the deals that always go bad. Well, one of the great things about in real estate is, is that you can
0: get a referral fee. So we do promote the fact that if, if it's not part of your business and you're doing too much going sideways and you're getting a little broad, um, refer that business out. You know you'll get your commission in some way it may be a little bit smaller but i tell you thanks a lot rob this is rob hessel with he's the president and ceo of source one solutions we thank you for your time i'm a big supporter of you um and rob you've been sort of a mentor to me i see that you've you've made tremendous progress and you've you're you know doing an incredible job you've winning all types of awards and things and And you're part of um, one of the successes in Tampa. So this is James Ramos with Move With Me Radio. Visit me at jamesramos.com. Whether it's buy, sell, design, build, or furnish, we're here to help you. We have over 100 folks in the Ramos companies that are willing and able to help you. Whether it's buy, sell, design, build, or furnish, you can follow me on Twitter. It's JRTPA. I'll see you next week. Have a great week. Talk to you later.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If you missed all of the program or want to hear it again, listen to the podcast on JamesRamos.com or on YouTube at Ramos Media Network. See you next week with Ramos Design Build, Tampa Bay's premier real estate design, build, and construction company.